Welcome to episode 15 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast for sharing tips, apps, and gear for iPhone and iPad, along with related technologies that get us using iOS in a fun, productive way, and meaningful way, too. I am your host, Dave Ginsberg, and Melissa is off this week, but I am happy, super pleased to say I would like to welcome our special guest, Mr. Barry Folk. How are you doing, Barry? Well, thank you, Dave. I am doing very well. Thank you for having me over at uh, In Touch with iOS Campus East. Yes, so it's, or Midwest, I think it is. Midwest, yes. It's very nice. So uh, this is nice when we can do face-to-face. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't do podcasts face-to-face very often. No? So uh, this will be great. We can uh, give you a lot of great things we uh, are going to talk about today. Specifically, we'll talk about uh, iOS 11. Uh, some, there's some, there were some security issues that happened this week. We'll hit upon that and uh, um, new Apple Store opening. We're going to start off with that in a, few, in a bit here uh, and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, we'll definitely focus a lot on uh, some of the new things that uh, came out on uh, with iOS 11 because we really haven't spent a lot of focused time on that. So sure. figured I'd throw that out. So um, first uh, thing I wanted to talk about was uh, there's a new Apple store in Chicago. You, of course, we all knew that, right? Because we're well, both from Chicago. Yeah, so so. <laughs> we, we, we were hearing all the construction rumors. And, of course, you might yeah. have peeked around to see some of the stuff. Although they do a very good job of hiding most yes, of that when they, they actually did. do the construction. And um, uh, the Mac Observer, our, our friend uh, Brian Ch- Chaffin, yep. i got to make sure I say his last name right. Correct. Uh, he... Uh, he wrote an article up in um, Mac Observer today about uh, the Apple Store. It's opening a what they call a new generation store, which I'm super stoked. I can't wait. I'm, I'm actually at the store. Actually, as we record this, it's going to open uh, tomorrow, which, which is October 20th. It doesn't open till 5 p.m., which I found interesting. That it's kind of a late opening. They probably have last minute uh, uh, fix up fixes up with their store and, and all that stuff. So, but looking at the pictures, I mean, as I knew, as we knew. Well, the greatest things is it's going to be right on the riverfront, and that's that's right in the heart of the Magnificent Mile in Chicago, right downtown, right in Michigan, Wacker. And, yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic location, yeah. and they've really revitalized the whole river area. And I think Apple's just smart to get into some of these great spaces. And with the intent of these stores to be places to not just get right. repairs or buy things, it's also a place that right. they want to not just hang out, but also be a place to learn and discover. And right. what a great location. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how things are handled in the Chicago winter, but <laughs> yeah. definitely during the spring and summer and early fall, uh, it's going to be a great location. I'm very excited to see what uh, what everything looks like. Yeah, and and the picture it's on the on that article, well, of course, we'll have a link, link to it in show notes, uh, is uh, is the front entrance of the store and looks like the roof, as we predict, it looks like the top of a MacBook Pro, which yes. I think is so cool. I, want, I can't wait to see the, the, the real area of shots because they were just showing uh, the, the, the preliminary ones. Um, but there are a lot of collaboration, and that's the biggest thing why Apple f- felt that they wanted to make this store um, one of their biggest stores uh, mm-hmm. is there's, there's so many collaborators and great uh, creative people in Chicago, um, and that's why they uh, decided to, to expand the store. Because the store, the, the, the former location was right down the street, and uh, it was uh, it was a nice store, but yeah. uh, I think this is just going to blow it away. I'm just looking at the pictures, even the seating, and, and in, it's, this is truly going to be a town square, like, oh, like Angel yeah. Aaron's mentioned during the keynote earlier in the September. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things I think that's interesting is, like you say, it's it's taking this to a whole other level. The, the, uh, the first flagship was uh, it's a beautiful store, great glass staircase, uh, very nice location. Uh, but this one is, I think they're really trying to expand to be a presence. One of the things that they sent, they sent emails out uh, right. to I people. Got one. 
uh, in the area, uh, probably everywhere. But uh, I would bet, venture to say probably everywhere. But uh, I mean, they're going to be doing things like even photo walks. So they're going to leave the store, but go with someone that's using Apple equipment and talk about things and show off the amazing architecture that Chicago has. I mean, there really couldn't be a, a to me a more beautiful way just to walk up and down the river there. Look oh, at the buildings. I'm just looking at this, this picture, it's just breathtaking. Yeah. And in the summer, it's going to be amazing. I'm right, uh, right on this, uh, the front entrance off Michigan Avenue, yeah. and uh, it's going to be uh, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'll be going to hope. You'll be online. Well, hopefully, I'm going to be. Able, I'll be downtown uh, on Saturday on the 21st. But I think, which I'm still thinking, I'm being pretty crazy to go down there because I don't know how. Uh, Nice. How crazy busy is going to be? I'm sure there's going to be a line to get into place. And, oh, I'm uh, sure, but it's 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 absolutely worth it, and to take yeah. pictures and you know post them up in the show notes would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was one other thing I thought of too uh, before. That's not in our notes. I'm gonna throw you off here, Uh-oh. but uh, I don't want to throw you off. Um, I uh, we did talk about in the last episode in for, episode 14 about a uh, problem I had with my iPhone 8. Yes, uh, and that was the. Oleophobic uh, display, mm-hmm. and there was right. an edge on it. Uh, there was a problem, and I thought it was uh, pretty surprising that it happened. I don't need to really, you know, go back and listen to it in episode fourteen, and what I just talked about uh, relates to what that happened. So it was an interesting experience I had with Apple, and they they'd exchange it. And uh, this week, I actually got a call from somebody in Austin, Texas, because I got the phone. I knew the phone number. I looked it up, and I when, when they called me, and you know, I, you're always getting these damn spam calls. Exactly. So I looked it up. I said, I'm going to answer this one, as I have a feeling this is somebody from Apple, and sure enough, it was. Um, they wanted to get my feedback. It was from the Apple Care department. They wanted to get my feedback of really what 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 uh, they I experienced, and as far as the, they have to uh, determine what caused it. And and the gal actually went through and asked me some questions, and she asked about the case, mm-hmm. what kind of case I had. I said, Oh, I have an Apple case. I of course told her I'm a podcaster. She she, she laughed and said, Oh, that's great. And moved on. But uh, and uh, she. Uh, uh, Proceeded to ask about the the screen, but apparently she they never saw it because if the, the store took it in and and obviously took it in as a exchange because I just got a brand new one. In fact, right. the store had to go into the safe to grab one to, because they had a stash for it and they said realizing you know, we better replace this because sure. this this is pretty ridiculous. So uh, we uh, uh, she I was on the phone with her for about probably about ten minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and uh, and uh, she went through some of the items and I told her yeah this is what it was and I said I have a picture of it if you want and she said, oh yeah that'd be great and so she she emailed me and I forwarded it back to her and she went and then she wanted pictures of the case too so uh, but I found that to be interesting that somebody you know in their in their department uh, for Apple Care was actually trying to get some feedback relating to what potentially caused it because they I mean. The picture I have on our notes actually shows the guys asking me, "Did you reboot the phone? And right. did you go through all this stuff?" And it was it was it was so crazy that uh, uh, that that happened. So um, I thought that'd be interesting. So I just thought of that. I'd make sure. Oh, yeah, well, and I think you you bring up a good story about that. Yeah. That they do take, especially with a new device, right? Because there could be unforeseen problems. Is there something right. that you know now that's in the hands of many millions of people? What did they not think of testing? What unique scenarios may be something that is causing this? You know, is it weather related? Is it case related? Whatever it could be. And I think that's smart. I mean, Apple could, you know, just, you know, say you're holding it wrong, Dave. Yeah, or you could, exactly. Uh, or, you know, they could just kind of say, oh, it's not a big deal. But the fact that they call it actually speaks volumes because many companies don't bother. Right. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's frustrating for you that you had to go through all that. But it's also good to see that they're not just saying, okay, well, here's a new phone. Bye. You know, maybe, no. maybe there is a problem and they can take your case 
and learn something about it. I mean, that's that's the way good customer service is handled. Absolutely. So I thought uh, that was a, a great experience, and uh, I just thought of it before we started the show. So I'm glad I I mentioned it. Threw, threw it on our notes here. So uh, but yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, and I take it the new one's been. Oh yeah, this this new one's absolutely awesome. I mean, and uh, we'll talk about uh, your thoughts about uh, the, uh, the 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 iPhone and, and uh, obviously the uh, iPhone tens coming out in uh, what do you think it looks like? Uh, well, the pre-orders start a week from eight, eight, uh, tomorrow when we're recording. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we'll talk about that in a second. Sure. Here. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that was that was pretty impressive, and I agree with you that Apple is just. Uh, is pretty amazing when they, if they care that much to to to, to call their customers to really right. find out what really happened. And, and it's it's one of those situations, and hopefully that your situation is relatively unusual. Very unusual. But even if you get ten or fifteen cases, that's something that they shouldn't ignore. And if you take that times the amount of time they spent on it, researching it, talking to you, gathering notes, having discussions yeah. around it, that actually becomes a significant amount of time. In any large business like that, it can be jarring to have to put resources yeah. towards a problem, but it's also the right thing to do. Right. Even if you say, you know, that's why when people say, oh, the iPhone 10 is late and this, you know yeah. what? First off, they didn't announce dates. Right. And the second thing is maybe they are running into actual problems. I'd rather have them fix it and try to get a product out the door that hopefully runs into no problems. Right. No, we don't want to wait. And yes, I'm very excited about the iPhone 10, <laughs> but if they say, you know what, we're not ready, I'll live with it. I mean, sure, yeah. they'll take a financial hit on their stocks. They'll get blasted all over the tech press. But at the end Which of the day, they already have with the iPhone eight as it is because they're waiting. Sure. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, I mean, we'll talk about the iPhone eight and iPhone ten here in just a minute. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wanted to touch a little bit about the uh, the uh, the crack the patch, which what that was all about. Sure. Um, as I expected, Dave Hamilton, our our good friend um, mm-hmm. from the Mac Observer and uh, Mac Geek App. Uh, Wrote an excellent article and he's keeping it up to date. And Dave, if anybody doesn't read his stuff, you're you're crazy not to because <laughs> he just is is great with uh, keeping up on this stuff. Yes. Um. So uh, we'll have a link in the show notes about this uh, this article relating to the uh, the, the WPA two uh, crack, which stands for key reinstallation attack, and uh, it diminishes the potential security of almost all password protected Wi-Fi connections. So it was uh, it was pretty serious. Yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those situations. It's very serious in certain circumstances, but right. you should still take it as serious that you want to address this as quickly as possible. Now, in, in the case here, the best thing for us to do is get an update to iOS. Right, but, but also waiting. Have, yep, and if you have access points that you manage, whether it's at your house or your business or wherever you may be, it's also important to get that updated because you need right. to really get that addressed as well because now you can manage the vulnerability or, or avoid it across a wide spectrum of devices. Right. I know in a large corporate environment like you and I both are in, right. um, we've already started working on yep. updating our access points. Unfortunately for us, it's a, it's a big project. I mean, big we project. have same hundreds, if not thousands of these access points in our headquarters. Cisco. You've got the same. Yeah, areas. I think you and I probably have the same yep. uh, access points. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm pleased to see that here, everybody seems to be taking it seriously. Cisco and Aruba and other wireless vendors have yep. quickly put out firmware updates. Um, still waiting for Apple. I think 11.1 beta has got it fixed. Yeah, they said 11.1 beta already fixed it. They're in a, they're beta 3 right now, so yep. I would think it's pretty close. They're going to release this very, yeah, very I'm, shortly. I'm guessing within the week because yeah. they'll probably want to get it out right around the time that they have the pre-orders I mean, hit. Let, let's face it, iOS 11 had it had its share of bugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it was at 11.03 now and fixed a couple some more sure. bugs. But Well, you know what 11.1 fixes. Yeah, the, uh, was it the... The, well, it, it, it well, the touch it's, ID it's, problem. It, yeah, well, it's not only that. I shouldn't say fixes. It gives us new emojis. Oh, that. 
Mr. Come on. Pokemon they, they, Go. They, I they know. always hold it back because they, it's, I think it's smart because everybody wants sure. to do emojis. So it's like, I well, agree. we're not going to put on the original X.0 release. We're going to do it. Oh, yeah. It. Well, they want to make people wait. Yeah. yeah. I understand. And it forces yeah. the upgrade and gets them really good numbers. And, and that's fine. I mean, they should focus on features before the emojis. So, uh, yeah, so uh, take, take a check out of this article. Um, Dave does a great job of listing all the, all the top routers that are out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, Apple doesn't seem to think that their routers are affected, which I find to be that very interesting strange. interesting since not, they haven't been really updated in quite yeah. a while. So. And I don't, I mean, they've never officially said that, that, uh, that those routers, uh, you know, the time, uh, time capsule or any of their devices uh, have been put to end of life and they're still being sold, but they're also... Sure two or three years old technology. So, right. Uh, but the one I have is Netgear and I think uh, they stay have an advisory, but they haven't done anything about it. It also includes the Orbi. I believe you have the arrow. Correct. And the arrow is, uh, I believe was, uh, was, was updated. Did you, I assume you ran, ran yours and, uh, yeah, I actually have mine set to auto update. So perfect. Mine's, mine's good to go, which yeah. I, you know, it's I one of those, my, my Netgear does that. I haven't had to check to see if, yeah. uh, if it does. So. It, it's, it's always one of those. Do I want the auto update? Versus having control, I'm, you know, and I'm, I think at this point in my life, I just yeah. <laughs> let someone else manage that. So uh, moving on, let's, uh, I, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little about, bit about it. You know, as I talked about it on the previous episodes, I, I chose not to upgrade to the watch well, OS, watch oh, okay. series three. We'll start with the watch and I'll, then we'll move on to the iPhone here. Because um, we, have, we, have, we haven't had uh, a lot of discussion about the Apple watch series three, sure. because obviously I haven't talked to really anybody that's actually purchased it i i just chose after when i heard that they were having all those problems with the cellular it's like you know what i'm just gonna save my money because i have the series two and the series two works perfectly uh, yeah the series two is good it's one of those i think if you have the series zero um it's right. absolutely worth yeah the, if you have the first gen yeah, which right. i had and i mean i sold it so yep. but uh, uh, what's your thoughts on the series three and so far what you and what you've experienced so so my my general experience has been excellent so one of the things even though it's slow because of you know transferring a lot of information over Bluetooth, the, the process of unpairing and repairing to a new watch is very easy, yeah. and that's that's really nice. So, and they've they've made some improvements in the whole process, and the processor itself on the watch OS or on, on the Series Three does make things everything faster. Now, again, if you're you only if you really are wearing both watches, right. which well, okay, I have actually done. I know but, you do but, that. But as a comparison, at the moment, I'm only wearing just the series. Oh, three. you don't have your Hermes. Uh, no. <laughs> and I did not buy the Hermes Series Three either. I went with the uh, Sport. With I the, want uh, that band. I really yeah, was tempted is, to get this it. This is the uh, I'm wearing the. I think it's called the Deep Olive. Sports. Yeah, that's the one I wanted. Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually it's extremely comfortable, and and Apple deserves credit Nike, for all so. the. The, the watch bands being itself so comfortable and, and they have not changed any of the ways that the watch bands connect. So or even the original watch band still uh, connect. So that's, that's a bit of a plus, but it, it is snappy. So okay. again, from, from a series two, series three, you'll notice it a little bit, but definitely from a series zero, oh, yeah. you're going to be like, wow. Totally, this and is, battery this. life alone, I'm sure yeah. is. Yeah, how, in fact, speaking of battery life, how is battery life on yeah, it? Yeah, battery life is fantastic, and I'll have to check to see where I am at. Uh, so I've worn it all day, and I've done, uh, we did a little bit of exercise during lunch, and it's at 79%, okay. and it's, you know, it's in, in the evening as we record here in Chicago. So it's, the battery life's been fantastic. Now, I don't use the cellular much. Okay. I will say now, I have T-Mobile as my, my primary carrier, mm-hmm. and the experience of adding it was very easy. I'm not as many people aren't thrilled about the $10 add-on now, uh, for T-Mobile, they give three months free. I think Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint yeah. all have some variant of that. 
Um, but what's something to think about is that it's $10 fee, but when you add on the taxes and the governmental fees and stuff, it, it's closer to $17. And then it's like, you know, that's a lot more than I'd really like to spend for something not using much. And I, I'm hoping that competition will push that down at some t- at some point. But of course, I, I do want to play with it. And what I'm finding is it's more of an after the fact that I noticed that, oh, I was getting notifications and stuff. And I realized that I'd left my phone somewhere that would have been out of range. Mm-hmm. And that's nice because now there's no uninterrupted period. I'm getting the email notifications. I'm getting my text messages. And I have gone out once just to test doing the theory, theoretical yeah. downloading music, playing music, using my AirPods. And that's magic. <laughs> it really is. Now, I'm not the type of person that's going to do that all the time, but there are people that have a normal fitness routine. Sure. They go out every morning or go running. And this would be just an ideal device. And once people start to adapt to watch OS 4 and some of the related yeah. features, and I think there still needs to be some changes probably in the... Uh, the APIs for some of the programmers, I think more and more apps will be able to take advantage of it. Podcasting is, is probably the biggest one where right really? now you can use the Apple podcast, but if you want to use certain other third-party ones, you can't mm. do right. things. So, And uh, Marco Arment, who writes the Overcast app, which is the one I use, mm-hmm. um, he's commented that some of the things that he's had to kind of hack around for Watch OS 3 are no longer available. Mm. And so he's kind of having to doing a rethink. Now he thinks over time it'll it'll get there. But the way the watch is, and a lot of this is to conserve battery and, and, and processing power. Um, so I'm hoping some of that will, will happen because that, for me, is, is a deal breaker. I, I listen to podcasts sure. all the time when I'm out and about, and not to have that feature is, is, is frustrating. Now, the, the flip side of it is, uh, and this is one of those people like or don't like, yeah. is that it will show the now playing face on the watch if you have something running like that. I love it because I can skip sure. forward or back really easily. Right, right. But also at times you're like, well, I don't want to see that. I want to see what time it is. So right. um, again, it's, it's early days. I'm very excited. I use my watch all the time. It's a great companion for you? me still. Um, it's just, I, and I, I don't think I would ever have it necessarily replace my watch, but I do feel like I've cut one bit of that cord. Okay. All right, well, so I'm good. I'm glad we got to get a first-hand uh, review of it. Uh, yeah, and it, it, mean, it, it, it is snappy. I mean, it's series two is too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they've definitely they've really whatever they've done and, and I think it's an engineering marvel. I think it's what two tenths of a millimeter yeah. thicker, but to, that they've met, put in, managed to incorporate and, a sim and a sim in there. Yeah, the, the, that's some pretty amazing tech behind the scenes. That again, I agree. I mean, nothing to you me. know me. I'm edging. I would love to get it, but you know sometimes I gotta you gotta be. Oh uh, no, I mean I, more reasonable, especially financially. It, I, just, it, I just sure. I mean because yeah. that one of the reasons I didn't buy a. I don't even have the steel uh, case which I like that because right. of the sapphire glass, but I'm like, I, I don't want to spend, you know, five, $600 if I can avoid it. So I went with right. just the standard sport model this time around sure. and I'm happy with it. And I think it looks nice yeah. and, and yeah, so far so good space gray. So, so yeah. yeah. And, and so chances are there'll be a rev next year and that might be the one where, you know, the, the Wi-Fi bug has been addressed with a watch OS update. So I haven't run, but I have never run into right. that yeah, uh, with one exception of, of work before Right. Because I've got, we have an authentication mechanism. Oh, okay. So that was, but that, I think my work's right, a little well, flaky anyway. Thank you for giving us your thoughts and sure. uh, on the Series 2, 3, Series 3. And uh, uh, definitely, uh, you'll have to think about it. Just think about what you want to get. And like I said, uh, to, just to wrap it up, uh, that uh, discussion is, uh, 
If you have the first gen, yeah, there's no. That's a no-brainer. Time to upgrade. Even if you have Series One, I would I would consider it too. I, th I think so. And just and just the little features, you know, they keep improving the the waterproofing, the dust proofing, right. and all that. It's it's. I don't so. I don't even think about wearing it when I'm in the shower or doing the dishes or whatever. Yeah, I'm a little more leery about it, but I think I'm gonna start getting loosened up a little, especially like the swim with it too. Exactly. Um. So let's move on and what you really wanted to talk yes. about, which is uh, did you upgrade? And I know you did because. Uh, it's your profession, and plus you have True. the luxury of being able to get these phones uh, through work, so that, that always helps. Right. So, um, the, uh, uh, the your thoughts on the eight versus ten. Everybody knows my thoughts. I I, I wrote up a I wrote up a little article about it when I, I said what my thoughts were. I finally yeah, dis decided. Dave. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I decided. No, I, 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 I decided have valid I mean, points. I mean, I, I mean, I decided that the eight plus was fine for me. Sure. I mean, I. As I said, the iPhone 10 is going to be a first-generation model. Right. It's going to be, to me, beta model. I mean, I think uh, people are going to be, un they're going to have some unhappiness. I mean, yeah, and, uh, and so I think that's where you know, you're going to have two camps on that. You're going to get people right. like us that right. understand it and can live with some of these challenges where right. the general consumer is going to be not so forgiving going, oh, hey, how come this might not be working? I mean, who knows? Apple's pretty well, good with this stuff, but. Still and financially too. Yeah, I mean, no, really, it's, you're it's, talking a big, dip, big jump in price. So, yeah. and I've I've touted the uh, the Apple Apple's uh, upgrade program, which is absolutely mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I walked into the store, and uh, of course, my experience with the A plus was I walked into the store, and sure, and they had no problems getting me one because there was plenty of stock. Unlike in past iPhone releases, it was always a challenge to find one. So, because right. I I didn't have the iPhone seven plus for a good four or five months because I didn't pre-order it so wait, wait i thought you got up at two in the morning oh no wait that's me no 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 i have done that i mean yes, I, yes, in fact have. i did do it with the watch but yes, then i did. then i then i canceled the yeah. order no i i know so, I, but I, uh yeah so give us yeah give us some of your thoughts that relates to eight i mean obviously like we said uh, earlier the 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 10 is going to go on sale pre-order in, yep. in in a week mm -hmm. and uh what what your thoughts are on it so, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about my experience with the 8 Plus as well. So, yeah. like, like you mentioned, I mean, we do deploy several thousand of these devices. So, I do test every device that comes out from Apple and try to make we, – we try to remain homogenous. We'd like to have one standard across the board. Right. Um, we've standardized um, – you know, we've had the 4, the 4S. We skipped the 5. We actually skipped that for the generation, went to the 5S. And we've kind of gone every year and just taken the models. But when they decide to split the sizes – it was an interesting challenge. So we actually went out and had people test both and gave us feedback. And for our sales force, it was quite significantly leaning towards the smaller one that people just felt more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. It was closer to what they were used to. And so we said to go with that. And only a few people were like, oh, no, I have to have the bigger phone. And we're like, why? Mm -hmm. And they, they didn't have a good business compelling uh, business case for it. So we did standardize it. Same thing with the eight. Um, it's a great phone. It's yeah, it, it absolutely. It's fast. It's it's well built. It's um, something that I highly recommend for anybody. Again, if you have the seven or the seven plus going up to the eight or eight plus, it's not a huge upgrade. There yeah. are some nice things, and we'll talk about that, especially right. on the eight plus. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're going from anything before that, I think it's an excellent upgrade. Um, so I've been using the eight plus as my primary work phone for now, and because I flip between that and my seven plus for my personal. It, you can start to really start to feel the difference, even though it's like the speed differences aren't that much, right. but they are noticeable. Right. And uh, it, again, if you're using iOS 11, which we'll also talk about the, the way it's kind of baked into the new phone, you just feel that it was designed for that, right. those features. Um, as, as far as the 10 goes, um, I, I know people have talked about this. Um, 
you know, when you expect heavy demand, the best thing to do is use your iOS app for the, the Apple store. Right. And the, the trick there is to, to basically set aside everything ahead of time. Look at the, the, the phone that you want. You, you basically choose the model. You choose the, the color. You choose the carrier, uh, the RAM options. And then you market, you can't order it, but you can market it as a favorite. Right. So it basically stays in your bag so that when it finally goes available for pre-order, in theory, you can just go boom and then, you know, use Touch ID or whatever your payment choice right. is and it'll go through a little bit faster. Now, who knows what's going to happen when they come out. Yeah. It's, as, as rumors are saying that the supply chain is is, is going to be tight. Yeah, and, and that's fine. I mean, I, I in, in a weird sort of way, because I have played with the 8, I may not have that, you know, envy if the tens are out and I can't get one right away, exactly, um, because I have been really, really happy with a plus. Um, but that said, I'm sure I will still have some, so yeah. uh, I'll try it out. And I think you know, you and I, Dave and, and Melissa, hopefully we can talk about that once it comes out. And I can yeah. hopefully, hopefully on November third, <coughs> it'll arrive at my house. <laughs> uh, most likely, it'll be probably the end of the year yeah. or early yeah. in January. So, That's yeah. fine. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm really excited about some of these new features and in. Dave, if you don't mind, I'll talk to no, a little please. bit about the software. Go for it. Um, just because there are features of the software that take advantage of the hardware that Apple excels at. Mm-hmm. And AR is probably one of the biggest things right now where there are some apps, there are some games, and I'm really enjoying them. I don't play a lot of games, but there are a couple of games that have come Pokemon. out. Well, yeah. Well, and Pokemon, in a sense, was one of the original AR type things, but they're right. going to improve it. Sure. Um, yes, I do like my Pokemon. Okay. And it allows you to try some new things that you really couldn't do before. And that's where it's exciting. And there are different ways of, of visualizing. Like touch was a whole new interface. AR opens up certain things. Then, yes, it's been around at certain levels, but giving AR kit to the programmers, and I know Tim Cook talked about this right. uh, recently, it's early days. Uh, the App Store in six months will have some very interesting applications and things that are more solid than just the people who want to rush out and get something, which I don't blame them, right? There's always the gold rush when something new is there. But with this being developed over time, you'll see that really take effect. And I think you're, you're going to see not only that, but you'll see how AR becomes certain features of it will become standardized. We don't know yet. I mean, the, the swipe to refresh was not something Apple invented. Um, right. Many of the apps now use like a flicking motion, uh, like TweetBot when you want to get the picture and bring you back to the main interface. Love that. I wish every app did things like that. So right, I'm right. curious where AR is going to take that. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I think that that definitely is one of the key features of the combination of the iPhone 8 and 10 along with uh, with uh, iOS 11 and ARKit. The, the other thing that, if you'd mentioned the iPhone 10 that I'm excited about is a lot of the facial, facial tracking, face facial ID. recognition. Yeah. And I know it was kind of silly on stage, but it showed the power of something like this. And Snapchat specifically, when they had uh, they, they had the masks on um, um, uh, Craig Federici's face, right? it was... That, I mean, that really is something, if you think back just a couple of years ago, we have taken massive computing power and a long time. It couldn't be done in real time. And now it's going to be built into the phone. And again, I think people are going to be able to leverage that, do some really clever things with it, and just improve. It may not be something where like, well, hey, this is the reason to buy a phone. But you're going to say, well, you know what? When Dave and I are doing you know, FaceTime, it may be able to take those features into making the experience better in the way it tracks certain things, the way we can do uh, things on our, our devices, and it will trickle down. Now, I'm going to go theoretical on you, Dave. All right. Okay. So we've heard 
um, John Hankey, the president of Niantic, who makes <coughs> Pokemon, and Tim Cook talked that like AR glasses are probably way out there. Right. But if you think about the notch on the iPhone 10, how small that space is. And yes, it's there and they couldn't necessarily hide it. Right. Now think about it on the bridge of your eyeglasses. That's sure. not that much space. I mean, you're not going to really see it. Like if you're wearing a pair of glasses, right. you're not going to see that notch when you're looking out. And if it can do facial recognition and if they have a way of beaming information to me, I mean, this is Google Glass had some great ideas. It wasn't really well implemented. It was probably ahead of its time and kind of looked goofy. But concepts are there, right? When I'm looking at you, Dave, and, and it can use that facial recognition externally and saying, okay, this is Dave Ginsburg. My, my really goal of something like this is I can go to a conference and I've met someone a year ago and it pops up their name and it says, yes, there's Johnny Ive. Okay, I recognize Johnny Ive. But I recognize somebody <laughs> yeah. that, oh, and it could show me pieces of information. I think it's a great business use case. I mean, I, yes, it could be abused for salespeople and all that, but I'm not great with names. And it's something for me that that would solve a problem for me. And that would be a reason why I might buy something. Or, you know, it's nice to be able to take video and capture moments with, with children or, or family or friends. Right, right. But there are other things that it can enhance. You know, you go on a vacation and, you know, you, you've gone from wearing these god-awful headphones with a tape recorder saying, okay, you're walking around the Art Institute of Chicago. It tells you things. Well, now you can either put on a pair of glasses that they give you or if you have your own, you can maybe download a quick app and it'll just show you, like, extra information. Who is the artist? What else do they do? Give you guided directions. And, and there are apps that exist today that do that on your phone. Yeah. But to make it even more seamless, so you're just walking and you don't have to have something right in front of your face. It's just there. Uh, I think that's some really exciting stuff. I mean, I'm really looking for this. And again, early days. Um, and and there's a great article that Dave that you had, you had, uh, forwarded to me about the history of iOS and the kind right. of the evolution. I want to see that article in five years or ten years yeah, from now and see. Yes, it was 2017 with iOS 11 where ARKit first came out. And now look at us in 2025, you know, where we're all driving autonomous cars and we have, you know, right. whatever devices. Uh, it, it's exciting stuff. People get frustrated living through some of these changes. I find it exciting. I mean, I think that's why we're in the yeah. business that we're in. Absolutely. And that evolution will continue on. People keep pushing it. There'll be great applications. There'll be some silly stuff, which will be fun. Yes, I will play Pokemon with my glasses when they come out. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but that that's that's where technology in general, and you know, and I hope between Google and Samsung and Apple and Microsoft, I mean, the competition keeps driving this forward. Yeah. No, I mean that that's a really great insight, uh, and uh, it just it's never going to end, and that's what continues to keep things evolving in in our in our world. I mean yeah. that's what that's what that's what drives both of us. I mean, right. just just love the technology and love getting involved with it. So I just need that technology where they can take my brain into a robot body, so I can live <laughs> a long, long, long time. Same, same here. <laughs> um, so let's kind of go through a little more in detail iOS 11. You, you, you have some of your favorite features as well as I do. Um, why don't we dig in a little bit about some of your favorites? Uh, um, we've talked about uh, the control center, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. um, the screen the screen capture, uh, the, the screenshots are now um, more editable. Absolutely. And um, and the screen recording is unbelievable. I, um, I even discovered, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. I discovered... Uh, uh, if anybody's familiar with uh, the 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 support tool, which is free for non-commercial use, uh, mm -hmm. Team Viewer. 
Okay. Um, yep. Team viewers, I mean, for us in the support world is, is a, is a great tool to use for non-commercial use, but many people out there do, um, uh, purchase it for, uh, for commercial use because they want to help support uh, other people. Sure. And when did you ever be able to be able to remote into an iOS device? Right. Never. Exactly. Um, well, they just came out. I'm just I'm completely psyched about this. And I know probably what will happen is it won't be available for the, 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 the free with non-commercial use version, but you never know. Sure. Um, it takes advantage of the screen recording feature that's in, uh, iOS. So you basically, when you, when you hold the button down and you, you know, normally when you held the button down before you started the recording, it would give you a choice, turn the microphone on or off. But right. there's also a step in there that allows you to go in and, and, uh, you can choose team viewer. So then once it starts recording and you now are able to give your partner a, a, the code that you normally do when you remote into a Mac. Right. And then, you have full view of that screen, which is, that's, I mean, that's huge. It's, it's one of the first support. You and I both being in the support world yes. with this, I, I, I think this is a game changer and I hope to see others follow suit. I mean, I use a tool in the commercial world called Palmgar. Mm -hmm. yep, can't, yep. can't imagine that they won't be looking at this. No, in soon. fact, they've been trying desperately. Yeah, Palmgar is one that we've used as well. And, yep. it's, and they just did their, we just, I mean, we just did an upgrade on, on, on ours and, uh, it, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a lot more improved. I mean, I can actually uh, install the, it on a Mac client, which is great. Yep. And um, so that in itself, and I'm, I'm just saying this on a support level of things, but just that in itself, adding that feature, what TeamViewer did is great. The screen recording in itself is awesome because it records uh, a video and you can actually show somebody how you do it and record your voice on the fly. You weren't, I mean, what did you have to do before? A third party app. Right. Or you have to jailbreak or something terrible, which obviously you're not going to do no, in the corporate Jailbreaking, world. in my opinion, is just gone Right. By the wayside, I, I think you don't hear about it as much as you used to in the past. So, but so that was one of one of the. I just wanted to bring that up as far as that that feature. But uh, control center, obviously, a lot of great features have been added to that. Uh, um, and it's customizable, which is customizable, nice too. which it wasn't before. So, I mean, that that in itself was just some great stuff. But if you want to touch a little a bit about more about uh, about uh, screenshots, I mean, I think that's another powerful feature. Yeah, and you mentioned that, and it's both available on the iPhone and the iPad, where you do your standard screen cap, where you're hitting mm -hmm. the the virtual home button and the and the side button. Right. Then it takes it, but now you have the option, so it kind of flips down to the bottom left corner. Right. If you tap on it, it comes up full screen. And it gives you some choices, like a thin marker or a thicker one. You can change the colors. You have a couple of other yep. options. And when the the beta first came out back in, I think it was the end of, in the middle of June, sure. you know, the simplest thing was I would take a screen cap and then basically draw with my finger a quick highlight or circle around something that I want to highlight for somebody and then send them that screen capture. Right. And it, oh, here's the screen cap. What am I looking for? Well, now it's extremely clear. I mean, it's this most simple, Video. basic feature. But it's so easy to do, and it's it's elegant. There's obviously a nice undo in case you, you grab the wrong thing. But you can also delete the screenshot, right. so it's also a lot easier just managing all that. And, it, again, it's the elegance of the way it's all incorporated, so it's very smooth, um, I, and I really like that. And that's that's definitely a feature that I use every day. Um, but there's a lot of other features that they did, and you, you mentioned a few of those. But I also like some of the kind of behind-the-scenes features that make things easier. So... Dave, one of the first things I asked you when I came here today is like, yep. hey, can I get on your Wi-Fi? Well, we're both running iOS 11. So literally, I brought my phone and my uh, my iPad over to you, basically. And as soon as it came up, I'm on the screen. 
Yep. You see the screen saying, "Is do you wish to share?" You hit okay, and then it literally. I saw the, the little little balls flash, and then I'm on your Wi-Fi. That's it. It's amazing. So no yep. more. Don't printing outside, you have some guests come over. You don't have to necessarily, you know, print out. Oh, here's my Wi-Fi password. You don't want to give it out. Right. I don't see what it is. Yeah, no. You know. I mean, yes, I can connect every time I come here. Yep. But it's a nice, secure way and quick way of making it a lot easier. Especially if you have people. You know, my mom comes over and all that, and it's easier for me to like here. Just give me your device. Well, some people may I'll not hope be she upgraded. <laughs> yeah, no, I always make her upgrade. Um, and my mom's a riot because she likes the latest technology, even though she doesn't use half of it. But she right. literally will tell all her friends, "Hey, guess who has the new iPhone eight? You know, and then she shows it off to everybody. Um, so things like that are nice. Uh, new device setup as well. Uh, you, you're reading my mind here. Yeah. I was going to hit right? that too. I went through it because I went to the Apple store when I went, and you probably did too when you got your new phone. Right. Um, I, and, and for, in, in fact, when I returned the other phone, I completely forgot to do it. Like, oh, mm. gosh darn it. So I experienced them both ways, manual and sure. automatic. And manual was slow. It, was, mm-hmm. it took me a lot longer to get it done. But the automatic feature is the same thing. The devices are next to each other. They just pick up the settings. Say okay, here's what you got, and then it does its thing. Yeah, and it, I, and I like the security they built around. So it'll I ask do. you for your Apple ID, but then you have to authenticate it. It'll do the two factor, which everybody should have turned on. Yep. And uh, but it does. It carries over all those features for you, and right. then you realize you had to do it manually. I do. It, I had to do it manually for a couple of the test cases. Right. There are a lot of screens to go through, and I know it's 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 whining about a first world problem, oh, but, but it does save a significant amount of time, especially. If you have a, a large group of people that, you know, your family or, or your business has a lot of devices, it just simplifies the process. And it works across devices. You know, you can do a lot of this now with the new Apple TV. The, I, I bought the Apple TV 4K. Okay. Super easy to hook up. Same thing. You know, basically bring your, your device over. Well, the Apple TV is one of the hardest devices to type passwords, and it has yeah. improved over it the has. years. You could speak into it now. Right, which is nice, but... Mm-hmm. Ways you're using the Absolutely. iPhone and tap it. Um, so uh, again, some very nice user-facing features. There are a lot of back-end work uh, that is now saves you a lot of time. It just makes the whole process easier. Again, totally. If you're mixed systems and you have Android and you have Windows, it's not quite as elegant. But if you're in like we are with iOS, right? It's it's great. So so thrilled about that one. Um, the other thing I, I just highlight is. Uh, uh, the two that are related. Um, one is the Apple Maps. They've really done a good job. Now, I've I've been a you know uh, a critic and a fan of Apple Maps over the years. I think they've made some vast improvements to the point that is it is my primary map uh, application, and that's for a couple of reasons. One is they have made improvements. Uh, they they made significant improvements with iOS 11 with the like the screen uh, the lane guidance, mm-hmm. um, and it just the overall look looks really sharp. But if you have an Apple Watch, it will also provide those directions to you and it does the little nice taps really like that feature but the other thing they did which is related to driving which is the do not disturb feature and at first i'm like yeah i'm not gonna want that on i'm I'm, i've always got to do stuff and then by default uh one of my phones i maybe i changed it was on and i'm like there's nothing so urgent right you know, it, that's the whole point it, that it can't wait. Now, if I'm on a long drive, maybe it's going to be in a different story, but then it's easy enough to turn off. Right. But, you know, if I'm to have a 30 minute commute or whatever it is, let it just, you know, first off, I, I am annoyed. And you and I talked earlier about robocalls and, and spam calls and right. things like that. They're so interruptive. And if you're listening to a podcast or music, it's like, really? And then it, it'll stop it. My, I've, I've got an older uh, car stereo, so it doesn't sure. recover nicely. And it's like, 
no, I'm really enjoying that fact that it's kind of giving me that little peaceful bubble. Right. And I can wait, you know, for all the messages and stuff when I get home. So um, oh, I, I, I have one, I have one more feature, but it's it's not related to that. If if you oh, want me to go into yeah, it, yeah, that uh, you want to talk a little bit about the camera because we can kind of lead into that, and then I can also discuss a little more about the uh, the file format that she. Oh yeah, to. great, so great we can, idea. We can kind of segue from that uh, from after this uh, topic. Yeah, so so Apple has really pushed the the camera envelope, and um, they've often taken some criticisms for not going down the megapixel route as, as the, the measure of how good a camera is. They're like, no, it's the size of the sensor. It's the background uh, software that's being done that can, you know, look at the photo as it's being taken and make the adjustments on the fly and just having such high quality uh, uh, sensors in there. And what they've done with the iPhone 8 Plus is that they've got some, they've got, it's, it's all new, right? So the camera components are all new, uh, has outstanding image stabilization. It sure does. But by using the combination of the processing power and other features, uh, it, it, it's had portrait mode for a full rev year now. Right. But they've improved that significantly to the point where they have something called stage light. Now, this is one of my favorite features where you take a picture of somebody, uses the facial recognition, and then essentially, instead of like putting the background, doing the bokeh effect, it'll black it all out. It highlights the light coming at the face so it, it stands out and it looks like there's a stage light in front of you right. and there's nothing behind you. And I, this is my, let me show you a cool new feature effect of when people is like, oh, so what do you like about the new iPhone 8 or what's different about the iPhone 8 Plus? Stage light is the first thing I show them and I, I'm not exaggerating, Dave, easily half the people I've taken, I've taken dozens and dozens sure. of these. I have to have that picture. They've updated their LinkedIn profile, their their Facebook photo, whatever it is, because it is a really cool effect, and it's so easy. And they're like, well, what would you have to do? I'm like, I took a picture of you. Yeah. That's quite literally it. And you see it spin for about two seconds, and there it is. And, you know, people, like, then they bring in their family. You can't really do two people or more. You can do a bit of a totem pole effect if people are yeah. kind of vertically aligned, um, which is kind of fun. Um, and, and just, it's, again, clever things that, I'm slowly updating my contact list. I really like to have pictures when I get messages and stuff to show the little icon of people. So Dave, you're going to get one in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. And again, I think what are, am I going to be able to do with the additional sensors in the iPhone 10 to make that even better? Right. Maybe that first rev, like you're saying that beta version, if you want to call it that yeah. might be a little iffy, but that's one area that, and, and I, uh, I forget the gentleman that they they hired to do a lot of the work on the the cameras. Obviously, he's been given free reign to just go crazy, and right. it's awesome because they are pushing that hard year after year after year. I wish they had that on everything. I realize there are resource limitations even for a company with as much money as Apple, but you have to focus in on certain key things. And I'm really glad they've done that with the with the with all the photo work. But to your point. There's now background work that they've done on the file format. So, Dave, why don't you tell me about it? Yeah. Um, well, we did. Talk, now I just remembered we did talk about it in the last episode right. because I also did a video because um, I shared it with some of my my coworkers and put it on YouTube. Um, that's in our show notes from the fourth uh, episode fourteen. Um, basically, that they changed the file format for, for the good, I think, mm -hmm. because it's it's going to make things more efficient. It's going to save a lot of space. Yes. That's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's all I hear people complain about is, well, it's your own fault for buying a 16 gig iPhone. I mean, well, there is that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, but still, it, it, it even if you had a 32 or a 64 or any other space for that matter, you know, people were not 
taking the time uh, to, to, to offload their photos, and then they were running out of space. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, Apple did. We, we we do have an article in the show notes that uh, our, our another one of our good friends, Jeff mm-hmm. Gamet, yes, uh, wrote uh, from Mac Observer, um, uh, giving you what you need to know about uh, HEIF, which is the new file format that uh, that Apple's using, uh, high efficiency image format. That's right, and uh, and I and I kind of played with it, and this is this is after what I talked about last month. Uh, so, so let's say I, I went into, into Apple photos and I went in and I wanted to do just a raw, you know, export of the files without going through the whole process of exporting, you know, copy paste. So those, those files are, when they're stored on your Mac, mm-hmm. uh, through photos are in the HEIF format. Yeah. And that's so, great that that's, and it stays across. that way. And it's, yeah. it's, and, and the good thing about a Mac, no worries, you can open it, but our friends on the windows side, well. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Hey. Sorry. You don't need a th- need third party to open it. Yeah. Um, but as I talked about, uh, OneDrive was one of the one of the better apps that's mm-hmm. out there for when you save your files on OneDrive. Sure. It it has a built-in converter tool. So good. Um, but uh, and I don't want to talk go too deep into this since we did talk about this last month. You can grab it on the, the previous episode. Um, but uh, they are going to allow you to be able to uh, convert back to JPEG if you wanted to, and uh, and there should be no issue with that. And and if you happen to share that photo, that that uh, that could potentially be a problem. But you're hoping, I would think, most of the time you're sharing with a fellow iPhone user, right? right? The blue the blue bubble people. Yeah, the blue bubble people, right? Well, so. it, it, and it is a it is a standard. So that's the good thing is that this isn't something Apple proprietary. No, and I think where we it, it's always hard to change formats. And I'm not expecting JPEG to go away anytime soon. No, there's no way. And obviously, Apple realizes it because you can convert, but. Over time, things will start to adapt. And Live Photos is a good example, right? So Live Photos, the way it was implemented, used that primary file and then kind of cheated with all the information that was kept as a as kind of, a, in a sense, a movie file behind it. Now with HEIF, it's all incorporated into a container. And it allows a lot more flexibility. I think, again, here Apple is seeing, we want to implement this. It's great for file saving. You can do some really cool stuff with it. And then in one or two or three years from now, we're going to go, ah, Apple adapted it not only for those features, but so they can do something cool out there that just now it's in the labs. And they're going to say, well, we can't do this until we change the file format from JPEG to something else. Oh, this meets what we need. Great. Implement it now. Get it rock solid, stable. And then by 2019, 2020, some new cool camera feature is going to take it and we're just going to blow us out of the water again. So when we have three D holographic, you know, projections and all yep. that, they'll be stored in HEIF. Yep. So, but uh, if you want to get here a little more in depth of what, uh, as far as any settings and changes and that kind of stuff, uh, listen back to the uh, episode fourteen, and uh, you can get some of those details um, as far as photos go. But uh, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of powerful new features in iOS eleven relates to that. So, um, another another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, there was a uh, interesting article that came over through Ars Technica about being aware of sketchy iOS pop-ups <laughs> and that want your Apple ID. And I've always wondered that, and you working in the mobility arena more so than me in, in, in the enterprise, you wonder why do these things pop up and, and why, because and, and, I see it all the time and most of the time I trust it and say, oh, it must be just they need my iTunes password again. Right. Uh, but there are some sneaky pop-ups up there if you want to touch upon what uh, what your thoughts are on this. Well, and, and that's the problem is that for better or for worse, and it's gotten better, but there was a time like a year or so ago where it seems like I was getting prompted almost every day. Right. And so fine. I'm like, okay, well, it's an Apple pop-up, so I'll put it in, just get rid of it. And they were 
you know, background changing things in the iTunes store or the Apple store. And I think, you know, again, some of this was related to their conversion to get people onto two factor, but you, you became a bit numb to it. And that's, that's always the problem. And that's where someone says, well, I can create a, an app that is legitimate, except for the fact that it's going to pop up what looks exactly like the same dialog box. So then they capture information and then throw it off somehow and then, and then capture a password or other piece of information. Now, fortunately, there are some workarounds, and but it requires education to the user where you say, well, if you press the home screen, it will go away if it's an app. If it's a true Apple uh, dialog box, it'll remain. Right. But again, most people aren't going to think about that. They're going to go, oh, it looks like an Apple dialog box. So it, it is kind of scary. Um, my understanding is is that Apple has has is, is well aware of this and is incorporating some fixes into iOS iOS 11.1 to basically prevent that. But you know, it, 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 the challenge is there are thousands and thousands of apps that get put into the Apple App Store review system each week. So how do you make sure that every single app doesn't do anything? Because you can hide that code in there pretty well. And it says, well, I think the the trick is you have to put a timer delay on there so it doesn't happen for the first month. And you make sure if the IP address is coming out of Cupertino, California, well, make sure you don't do anything nefarious. And yeah. I think, I forgot, I think it was uh, uh, Uber that got caught uh, using that. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so, so it, it's, it's unfortunate. There's always someone out there trying to, to game the system. Um, generally speaking, Apple's trusted and has done a good job with the, the app store being out for nine years now that in general, your the number of real issues have been virtually zero. So. Okay. Um, coming up with some other stories that we didn't talk about, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw another one out there cause I like to go off the cuff. Sometimes. Sure. Just going over on Mac rumors. Um, and I knew that I knew about this article and I wanted to actually talk about this a little bit is, uh, so on Mac rumors.com. Um, iOS 11 is installed on almost 55% mm-hmm. of devices after only one month. Yeah, that's well, amazing. I can, come, I, can, I can attest to that for a few reasons. In fact, I was helping my my boss mm-hmm. uh, with his phone, and he continually he has an iPhone 5S. And, of course, that's the bottom of the line as far as uh, being able to install iOS 11. And he had some space left. It was about, about 1.2 gigabytes or so. Okay. And uh, goes to install and says... Uh, uh, sorry, I can't install this for unknown error and retry or try again later. Um, so the, my reason of bringing that up is the fact that Apple in their secretive way downloads iOS 11 onto the device. Right. So it does take up space and you can go in and delete it. Sure. And it'll come back. Exactly. So yeah. Make it a virus. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Uh, so, uh, and, and of course at this point, if you, once you do upgrade, you can't go back. So that's what people want to right. still be on 10.3.3. That's fine. Um, so that is in itself is probably a reason why there's so many people who are early adopting because they got fed up with being nagged and, and, and they just did it. Yeah. And you know, in, in many cases, it's not that big of a deal, especially for the iPhone. Really there, isn't. there aren't huge differences on the iPad though. One of the challenges that we run into again, when you mentioned uh, the enterprise, iOS 11 on the iPad has this fairly significant change because now you have a dock. Right. You've got, you know, split view and, and other features that are great. But to a group of users who aren't familiar with that and they do install it, it's a bit startling. And again, I'll give you my uh, opinion on that because Apple does not allow us to manage the iOS updates from a mobile hmm. device management. It's like the one thing they said, nope, sorry, Barry, right. you have no choice but to let us control this. Now, 
We do educate our users whenever there's a new version not to update because some apps could break and we've had that problem in the past. Right. We also want to make sure that they are properly educated so when they do update that they're ready for things because these upgrades are going to be fantastic for people. Absolutely. They're going to love this sort of stuff, but we have to prepare them and saying, well, you're not going to see this in the dock. You're going to see this on split screen. Here's how to drag and drop things. Really great features. So we have to communicate out to tell people, please do not update you know, give us about a week or two well, so we okay. can test right. the apps. You know, as soon as we get the Gold Master, I mean, all our app developers are running the betas and they're running the Gold Masters, but things sometimes can break at the last minute sure. or there's un something unanticipated. So, um, you know, fortunately, we got to that point, communication went out, people were comfortable, and we've been getting a lot of updates. Now, we can watch on our system to see how many people have updated and you know, right. similar numbers to what you're seeing. Right. Um, and the, the, the response has been positive. I mean, I try to use it as an opportunity to reach out to our user base and, and have levels of communication and say, hey, there's these really cool new features you can take advantage of. And, you know, uh, managing our sales force, they do like the shiny new things. So for them, it's, sure. it's actually pretty exciting, but also causes some problems. You get some support questions. Why is it asking me this? How come it's popping up that? Right. What happened to this? Uh, the iOS, iOS 11 experience has been pretty good, though. I've, I've been yeah. very well, pleased. And you've got to see the one difference between what you guys do and what we do is, um, and what I am experiencing is uh, we BYOD, bring, mm, bring right. the device. So we have no involvement, which I think is probably a good thing because <laughs> then I don't, we don't have to support it. Sure. I'm still the the guru when it comes to answering the questions about utilizing and using your device, but, right? But we don't have to manage it. So, and yeah. in your in your world, yeah, oh yeah, it's, you, you it's, guys are because <laughs> is it it's, it's you you own the device. It's and, corporate issued. It's corporate managed. It's corporate owned. Right. It's corporate everything. And you know that's just part of the regulations that I have to deal with. Right. It's a lot easier now. The back side of that is that I we're 100 iOS. So there's there are some pros to that as well at least that's the way i look at it and uh does does make it easier and uh because people have iphones and ipads they're very happy because they can you know have the same app on both devices um and then we we use uh, you i think you mentioned OneDrive. right that's our uh, uh canonical source of, of data sure and people love the fact that they can now have that i mean it, it took a while i mean for a long time we didn't have that option people were syncing to their local machines um, and it was not a great experience. Now it's gotten much better. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think it's uh, it's just going to be even better. Um, other thing article mentions too, I was going to say, is uh, if they think that, that uh, adoption will probably increase even more significantly one once 11.1 comes sure. out because people know that's a major release. It's it's now, you know, that's what a lot of people do is they sit, sit tight and say, you know what, I'm going to wait until right. Apple gets all their bugs out because... I'll be honest, there were bugs on 11.0, oh, 11.1, sure. 11.2, 11.3, 11.3. So. And there's still a few out uh, there. And then, yeah, and there's still, there's still some out there. Um, the other thing that we've been waiting patiently for was Apple Pay Cash. Yes. Being able to pay the cash, that that uh, uh, that has, once that releases, I bet that's going to spur some some interest. I understand in that's available. They're, they're having their own uh, employees start to use that now. So I believe that's coming with 11.1, if I'm not mistaken. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So And that's a nice feature. I mean, it's... Not something I use a lot. I've, I've had a few people use Venmo is the app that they mm -hmm. use, um, and it's real nice and easy. Um, and I would think it'd be even cooler to be able to do stuff directly with with Apple Cash. Yeah. So, so um, with the remaining moments we have, uh, let's. Uh, I know you had an app you wanted to talk about, and uh, and I will mention one as well. Uh, while you're looking it up, I will give you um, one I would thought to be interesting. You were we talked about AR earlier. Mm -hmm. 
Ikea has a, a pretty amazing yes. app, and I was kind of playing around with it. Uh, that you actually could We were designing the campus. Yeah. Did you use it? Okay. <laughs> so Ikea's uh, store app uh, actually allows you to be able to put the chair in place, put the couch in place, put the bed in place, and uh, virtually be able to set up a room so you can actually see firsthand what uh, what what's out there. So I, I thought that the, that was really cool, and that's for a lot of – there's a lot more from uh, – uh, to come with that, I, I sure. can almost guarantee with others uh, that have that. Uh, it's called the IKEA Place, right? Um, and then you just open up this app, and and you can go and shop for their their products and create a room and and uh, virtually put each of the a chair or a table or or a bed or, or any anything that's in here and just I mean and take the picture where the room is and, right. and then kind of situate it. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I I think you know again this is where people are getting really creative and. That's to me is very useful, right? Because you know, there IKEA's are sort of common, but they're still often a, a long drive from people. And you're oh, like, okay, yeah. well, I don't know if I really want this. Now you just download the app. You're like, okay, no, you know what? It turns out I don't like the way this table looks here, or it, maybe it doesn't fit, or things that you can plan ahead of time. So when you get to the store, you're like, yep, that's exactly what I want. And I think it creates brand engagement. I think it's a really smart marketing tool. And, 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 and frankly, it's it's actually kind of fun too. So yeah, oh, it's a lot, a lot yeah. of fun, a lot of fun. And I think that's um, where uh, again the technology and, and by giving that ability to the programmers makes it so much easier. I mean, just from the feedback I'm hearing from the developer community around AR kits, just like yeah. whoa, this isn't just like a interesting little side project. This is like this right. is big time. We want to get in full. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and uh, you can, you can uh, tell us uh, what app you are thinking about. So actually, I'll, I'm going to give you a trio. One's a productivity app, and then two are, are games. Um, although the productivity app actually is its own game. So uh, the two games, uh, one of the first ones that I started playing with is called A-Rise. So it's capital A, capital R for augmented reality, uh, Rise. And it's just a fun little, uh, you know, moving around, trying to hop between islands that are set in this AR world. That's inside your world, which I just, I, I, maybe it's cause it's new. I'm just tickled by it. You're moving these guys around and you know, you extend these, these bridges to get from different places. And then when you physically move, you get that view 360 degrees. You just, sure. You could spin things and all this, but you feel more immersed into it. I, it's, it's, it's ethereal right now. And again, it's early days, so it's still a little clumsy. And at times you're like, uh, okay, it's a little clunky here. Or it's a little jiggly as, as it moves around. It's only been out for a couple of weeks, a month. Right. I mean, it's it's like if they can do this now, I, this is why Tim said, you know, give it six months. Um, another new one. Um, I actually this does take. Uh, this is more just taking uh, advantage of uh, iOS 11. Some of the features. One called uh, uh, Dragon Boom. So it's D R A G apostrophe N Boom. Um, an, a great uh, colorful uh, uh, animated type game. Uh, partially a side scroller. Um, again, just a lot of fun. The visuals, music—it's—it's—it's it's, it's one of those fun games that's taking me a little bit away from Pokemon. <laughs> no, <laughs> that can't happen. I know. So uh, just just downloaded that the other day and and uh, been having a lot of fun with that. So that's that's a, a, another cool one to play with. And it's it's a typical uh, free to play initially. And if you want to spend money, you can. But you don't have to. Um, so I like I, I you know it's a little bit different than what we used to do with trials in these days. But yeah. you know. You don't have to spend money if you don't want to on a lot of these apps, which is, which is great. But I always feel that if you do play it a lot, why not throw a little money so the developers can continue to update Absolutely. it and, and things like that. But the other one you may have heard of, Dave, is PeakCalc. 
You may have heard of Peacock yeah. before. Peacock has been around forever. I've recommended one. In the, in the Mac. Have you played with the AR features? I have not. So it's very clever because it's not, I mean, okay, Barry, why would you need virtual or augmented virtual reality? virtual calculator. <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, and there are apps, weather apps that do fun stuff like yeah. that, like Carrot. But with this, when you go to the About screen, uh, the gentleman that uh, programmed it has all sorts of virtual stuff where you have you can throw bananas at people, you have coins falling down, you can drive a car around, and it's a blast. I spend more time in, in that screen <laughs> than in other games that I've tried uh, because it's so well programmed. It's just smooth. It's fun. And uh, obviously, the, the programming chops are, are, are there. And I'm like, wow. So it just shows the potential if someone wants to just play with this and can do all this in a matter of days, get the app updated for iOS 11 and have a lot of fun. And that one does cost. It's $9.99. So you want to, okay. you know, if, if you have a need for a calculator app, then there's no question about it. But otherwise you might go, eh, it's a little bit much. I understand that. But uh, again, it's it's exciting things. They've updated the app store. So you see a lot of this stuff highlighted. They, you know, the, the layout, I think, is much better with more of the editorial views, the today views. And to me, it's it's fun to go back into the app store every day and seeing, okay, really, what's what's new out there? Um, so that that's you know where I've been spending some of my time as well. Great, and I think that's a good note to wrap this thing up. Um, sure. Did you have any other closing comments? I mean, I, uh, as far as uh, the, I think iOS or no, it's just podcast in general. You know, it, it's sometimes it's hard to always talk about. You know, when someone first thing I get asked is like, oh. Hey, what's what's the big deal about the new iPhone? Uh, yeah. You know, and then sure, I can show them things like the portrait mode. But when you talk about it at some length, and you see all these little pieces put together and how well integrated they are, it just makes these devices so uh, to me just fun to use, exciting to use, powerful. I mean, they, these devices are just so amazing these Absolutely. days. Absolutely, I agree. And um, you know, I'm about to go on a business trip, and I mean, I really can't even imagine what it's like to go back for these days because I don't have to worry about <laughs> currency conversions, yeah. language conversions, maps, all, on there. all these things are on there. Powerful computer you know, in your pocket. You know, and you've got great applications, Yelp and TripIt, TripAdvisor and others that if you want to find a restaurant in your city you've never been to, you can read the reviews, find out what's close by. You know, uh, Yelp's got a monocle view. It uses augmented reality. I'm, I know they're working on updating it so it takes advantage properly of ARKit and do these amazing things. And I just, um, again, uh, love the technology. Love what Apple's doing with this. Um, like I mentioned before, happy to have competition out there. I know Absolutely. there are people that that love other devices, and that's great. I you know I don't have a problem with people wanting to use other stuff because it, it does push yep. this stuff out there. And I think that's why you're going to see some excitement with the iPhone 10s. It's like, okay, great, we've got the edge to edge displays. We've yep. got these amazing sensors. I mean, what they've packed into that notch is just unbelievable i mean in such a small space with such amount of power in a device that's smaller than the 8, 8, 8 plus and see what they do that on yeah. the like you say it's the beta i don't disagree with you i think right. i think you're absolutely right there's gonna be some really weird quirks and there are gonna be days i'm gonna just want to just yep. but <laughs> what can then they do next year exactly. and then they then they rev it all up i think it's it's just it's it continues to be exciting times it continues to be pushed people are like oh well there's no big you know changes nowadays i i disagree i think it's maybe not a big one new feature but it's the combination of new features that continues to make this such an exciting space great 
Well, thank you. I really appreciate you being a great uh, guest host well, today. Thanks, thanks for having me on, David. Yeah, I really and, appreciate it. And uh, let's go close this thing up. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you are more in touch with iOS after hearing this episode. Subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher, and show your and show your friends how to look us up in iTunes. We look we are we will look forward to bringing you more useful information in future episodes. I'm David Ginsburg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65, and and I'm also on Twitter at FulkB. That's F-U-L-K-B. Very, again, very folk. I really appreciate you being uh, on as a guest. And until next time, thanks for listening.